Good morning. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you for being here at South Park Church. Whether you're in person, watching online, listening to our podcast, we're just excited that you're spending time with us today. Uh, earlier this month, my Aunt Mary uh, passed away after a, a hard battle with cancer. Uh, That's obviously a difficult time for my family. Uh, my father and I were asked to lead her memorial service as pastors in the family, which was quite an honor for us to be able to do. And my cousins had asked that as a part of the service that we would take time to invite anyone in the congregation who came to the memorial service to be able to have a chance to come up and, and just speak a few words about what my Aunt Mary meant to them in their lives. And, you know, honestly, as a family member, I'm excited for things like that because you learn a lot about loved ones. And it was neat to hear all the different things that people would, would say about my Aunt Mary. And then as a pastor, that always makes me really nervous because you never know what people are going to say uh, in times like these. And sometimes uh, I've seen it go really badly and uh, people stand up and they talk and they don't even talk about the person who died. So, you know, you're in like kind of this, this mixed emotions. But uh, this went really well and we were grateful for that. And one of them I'd like to just share with you. A woman got up and she came up front and uh, talked in the microphone and she's probably mid-50s. And she said that when she was a little girl... Uh, she didn't have a lot of money growing up. She had a lot of siblings. Uh, they lived in a, a rural uh, part of the country uh, in Alamance County, North Carolina. And that uh, her father lost his job, and it was near the holidays, and it was near Christmas. And so the family was, you know, bracing for a very minimalist kind of a Christmas, even more so than usual. And so the kids were kind of, you know, they were getting them prepared for that. And they, they weren't too excited about Christmas, which is kind of sad. Uh, but Christmas morning came, uh, and they had all these presents. Uh, and this lady said that, you know, when she was a little girl, that she opened up her present, and it was a doll. And it was the only doll that she would get her entire life as a child. And she said, I, I used to get hand-me-downs from my older sisters, and, you know, we just didn't have a lot of money growing up. And she said, it was the best Christmas ever. I got this doll, and I was just so grateful for that. And she said, later when I was an adult, I found out that the people that brought those presents to my family uh, were my Aunt Mary and Uncle Larry. And uh, she said, that just meant the world to me. Uh, and for me to hear that about my Aunt Mary and my Uncle Larry, I'm not surprised. Uh, they loved Jesus. Uh, they loved uh, serving God. They're good Baptists, always in church on Sundays and Wednesdays, even more than us Methodists, and uh, always were there. My Aunt Mary sang in the church choir and just, you know, did all kinds of things for God through the church. And she was a very devoted member of her church, and, and the church was packed, and, and people were, you know, showing their love for her. What I really loved about this story was that it didn't, for my Aunt Mary, just stop at the church door. That she took Jesus with her into her everyday life. As she, as she went about living her life, she shared the love of Christ with others, even in this anonymous way to help this family who had nothing have one of the best Christmases that they'd ever had. And and so I just, you know, that moves me a lot to think about how our impact can be monumental when we do just minor things in the name of God outside of these walls. And I think it's powerful. And I just, you know, I wonder today, brothers and sisters, in your everyday life, you know, when you're at work or at school or in the neighborhood or, or at a ball game or wherever, what kind of an impact are you having for God uh, and specifically the kingdom of God? Like bringing God to people where you are, because I think that it's easier to, to do than we think, right? We don't have to be ordained pastors. We don't have to be Sunday school class teachers. We don't have to work for the church, right? We can deliver God's love to people in our everyday lives, and we can make an impact. 
So in your life, right, as we think about the series that we're in, purpose, right? What purpose does God have for you to play in the world, right? What purpose, what impact does God have for you to play in everyday life? I think that's an exciting thing for us to think about today and consider that, that we can make a huge difference in some small ways and, and maybe we haven't stopped to think about that. So I'd love to explore that deeper today. And I want to start out in the New Testament uh, again with our first century church planner, the guy named Paul, who started all these churches in the Mediterranean area. He wrote them letters, and many of those letters are now in the New Testament and make up most, most of the New Testament. And so today we're going to be in the book of Colossians. Uh, and so Paul started a church in a place called Colossae, which was in Asia Minor. And so he's writing to the people who live there, the Colossians, and he's writing to the Christian church there. And he's writing about all kinds of things. But one of them is how we can take Jesus into our everyday lives, like how we can take Jesus, follow Jesus, not just in the church, but also out in our everyday lives. And so we're going to jump in Colossians chapter three, verse 17. This is what Paul writes to us. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed... Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever we do, through our words or our actions, do it in the name of Jesus. Right? And we continue in verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. Right? If you're a teacher, if you're a mail carrier, if you sweep floors, right? whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord, from God, as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. So Paul says, whatever you do, do it for Jesus. You're working, you're serving for Jesus. So if you're a teacher, be the best teacher you can for Jesus. If you're a mail carrier, be the best mail carrier you can for Jesus. If you're a stay-at-home parent, be the best stay-at-home parent you can be for Jesus. If you smile at somebody... Make it the best smile you can smile for Jesus, right? Whatever we do through our words or our actions, right? We're serving God. We're working for God. And we can make a difference, just like my Aunt Mary did, just simply taking some Christmas presents, right? We can serve God in whatever we do, wherever we are. Now, this, these last couple of verses that I read to you, were, they're a bit controversial in the Bible because... They're in the context that Paul is writing to people in the first century Mediterranean world who are, are enslaved. And Paul's saying, even as slaves, you can work for God. You can do good things for God. Now, Paul did not believe in slavery. There's another letter in the New Testament, Philemon, where he writes to a slave master and says, I, I ask that you release your slave, right? Let him go free, right? So Paul's not advocating slavery, but he's like, if you're stuck in slavery, you might as well, right, be the best that you can, serve God as, as, as best that you can. Now, slavery in the first century Mediterranean world was a bit different than slavery was here in America in our history and how painful that is. And what's sad is uh, during slavery in America, a lot of people misused this passage of Scripture to say that God wanted people to stay enslaved in America. And that's absolutely not true, right? But I think what we can take from this from Paul is that even in difficult circumstances, we can still serve God. Even in the best or the worst circumstances, we can still serve God in the world in our everyday actions and activities. Now, I think there's some, um, uh, some things that, that 
Paul doesn't mean. I think there's some exception to this. I don't think Paul's saying that if you sell illegal drugs like crack or heroin or cocaine, right, don't be the best drug dealer you can for Jesus. I don't think that's what he's saying, right? If, if, you, if you're a thief, you steal cars. I don't think he's saying, you know, be the best car thief that you can for Jesus. That, that's not what Paul's saying. He's not advocating, you know, immoral actions, illegal actions, that sort of thing. But everything else, whatever we do, do in the name of Jesus. We're working for God. We can make a difference in the world. Now, this, this series is called Purpose, and the tagline is we get to do this. We get to do great things for God. God has a huge plan for us, a, an important purpose. And so, you know, as we think about our own individual lives, some of us, we know exactly what God created us to do. And we're glad to be able to do that. It's crystal clear. I, I believe God called me to be a pastor, and, and I, I live into that. Some of us think, you know, we know that God called us to be a teacher. God called us to be a doctor. God called us to work with children. God called us to, to be home with our children, right? We, we know this is what God calls us to do. It is crystal clear. And sometimes it's crystal clear, and we love it, and we're excited. And sometimes it's a crystal clear purpose, and it scares us to death, or we're uncomfortable and say, God, I'm not sure that I'm ready to, to do what you want me to do. But, but for some of us, it is crystal clear. For others of us, it's less so. We're not sure what God's calling us to do with our lives. That's a big kind of statement, and it's intimidating. Whether we're teenagers or whether we're out in the workforce, some of us have been doing something forever, and now we think God's calling us to do something else. We're just not sure what it is that God's calling us to do, and, and that's okay too. Right? Sometimes we have to wrestle with this. We have to listen for God, and, and sometimes we're kind of in limbo, and, and that's normal too. That's where you are right now. But here's another way of looking at it. I think God has a purpose for our big picture life, right? God called me to be a pastor. But I also think that God has a purpose in, in, in smaller, very important ways. I think God has a purpose for us in the moment. Like, God, what do you want me to do in this moment as I am talking to my neighbor at the mailbox? God, what's your purpose for me today as I sit in this restaurant? God, what's your purpose for me today as I'm sitting here with my friends watching this game on the television, right? God, what is your purpose for me in this moment, right? So there's, there's big picture purpose, and then there's this in the moment kind of purpose. And, and I think in both, there's opportunities for us to serve God in the world. How exciting is that? What, what is God's purpose for you? Big picture, small picture. Right? And are we listening for that? Are we embracing that? Are we saying, wow, we get to do things for God on an everyday basis. Wow, I'm going to work for God today. I can't wait to see what God has in store for me. So think about you know, this in everyday life. I think of a couple of examples just from our church that I learned about this past week. Uh, last Sunday after our worship services, I had one of the members of our church come to me and and uh, she's a teacher here in Charlotte, and, and she teaches children in our community. She loves what she does. Uh, and she was sharing with me how stressed out she's been this year because of some uh, bureaucratic changes in, in her teaching and, and what the school will and will not allow. And she said, Pastor Kyle, you know, I just feel like my hands are kind of handcuffed, that I can't be the teacher that I'm called to be to help the students that I'm called to help because all of this red tape, and it's just weighing me down. And she said, you know, one of the scriptures that we talked about last Sunday, she's like, it was very important for me to hear that. And it was a scripture from 1 Corinthians that Paul also wrote. And it says that whenever we labor for God, whenever we work for God, it's never in vain. We might not see the fruit of that immediately, but when we work for God, it's never in vain. Now, here's the really cool part. In my message last week, I was talking about how God has a purpose for us to serve God in our local church. 
right here. If you're here with us to, to serve God in, in the South Park Church, if you're watching online or listening to a podcast and you're somewhere else, God has a, a place for you to serve in your local church where you live, right? And, and that's important. And that's the context that I read that scripture in, right? Sometimes we're working in the church. We don't see that we're making the difference that we want to make. But God says, you're making a difference, right? Keep doing what you're doing. That was, that was the intent of, of the message last week. Now, here's the beautiful part. This, this, this teacher who came to me, she's a part of our church. She's involved in our church. She's a leader in our church and does a lot of things for God in the church. She also sees her life as a teacher as Jesus' call upon her life. Do you see that? You see how beautiful that? She heard that verse in two different ways. She's like, yeah, my labor for God is, at South Park Church is important, but my labor for God as a teacher is important as well. Right? That's a beautiful thing. Don't miss that. Right? So in your life, where you're working, where you're serving, where you're living, as you're going about your life, your labor for God is not in vain either. But the important thing is to see what you do is a ministry for God, right? And to be the best that you can to serve our community and do it in the name of Jesus, right? It's a, it's a powerful thing. Don't overlook that, right? You, you, it's just amazing. I think so many of us go through our lives and we, we want to make a difference for Christ and we're making a difference for Christ every day. We just don't stop and, and see it that way. So maybe the prayer is, God, open my eyes to see how I am serving you where I am. And that's just a, a beautiful thing. I don't want us to miss that. Right? It's, it's, it's a powerful thing. So in our lives, we can serve God in everyday life. Right? Another example uh, I found out uh, about a family in our church this past week was doing something totally cool on their own. I think they're trying to stay under the radar, but I heard about it, and I'm going to talk about it because it's really neat. But uh, uh, we've been taking food uh, over to the men and women who are building our new church campus that we saw some pictures of earlier today. I just say thank you, right? We appreciate what you're doing. God loves you. We love you. Thank you for you know building our church home. It's awesome, and thank you for doing it. We've done that officially as a church. We've gone over and done that. Some of the members of our church heard that we were doing that, and they know that we do this intermittently, and they're like, you know what? I want to fill in some of the gaps between the visits. And so they took it upon themselves just to go and take lunch to the men and women who were serving, uh, building our building, right? Just on their own, you know, unannounced, didn't want any attention, didn't want, you know, a pat on the back or anything, right? They just took it upon themselves, right? It's not their lifelong uh, calling by God to feed all the construction workers in Charlotte for the rest of their lives, right? That's not what God's calling them to do, but at that moment, they felt God put it on their heart. I can make a difference for God. I can thank these people for what they're doing. And, and it's beautiful, right? So you've got a teacher who has like this, this life calling to serve students. And you've got this family in our church. At this moment right now, this is how I can serve Jesus. You see how that works? It's a really neat, powerful thing that I think all of us can tap into and connect with, right? So what, Pastor Kyle? So what, what's Paul saying, you know, in the first century that applies in the 21st century? What's the point? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? Like, what, what do I need to wrestle with? What do I need to celebrate in all this? And, you know, what's the point? What, what are we talking about today? And I think it's this, is that Jesus is not just a weekend thing, right? We come, we serve God, we, we do the church thing. That's important. It's powerful. It makes a huge difference. But Jesus is not just a weekend thing. Right? When we go out of here, when we go back out into our lives, when we go to work and to go to school, go to our neighborhoods, go to the cul-de-sac, right? we take Jesus with us. We take the church with us. The church doesn't stop. Jesus doesn't stop. Jesus is not just a weekend thing. Right? We celebrate a lot of time uh, together on the weekends for Christ, but Jesus is not just a weekend thing. It's supposed to be lived out in our lives in everyday life. 
Right, and I shared with you a, a couple of series ago when we did the neighboring series uh, about how most of my neighbors know that I'm a pastor, and, and so when you know a spiritual thing happens or something, you know, some kind of crisis in their life comes up, it's not uncommon for them to come and, and talk to me because they know that I'm a pastor. But you know, it it happens in my life even before I was a pastor. When I was a, a college undergrad and I was a, an accounting major, a declared accounting major, when I went in, right, I was taking some religion classes. People would find out that I'm taking religion classes and they want to talk to me about God all the time. I'd be at like fraternity parties or whatever, people having parties and, and you know, hey, what do you do? What are you studying? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm taking some religion classes. You're taking religion classes? Well, can we talk about the Bible? Can we talk about God? Like I'm at these fraternity parties, you know, with some heavily intoxicated people and they're wanting to talk about Jesus. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm just taking a few religion classes, right? When when God is at work in our lives and people know that we follow Jesus, man, it just opens all kinds of doors for us. So what I would challenge all of you to consider doing is that in your groups where you hang out, like your circles, like your friends or the neighbors that you hang out with or, or, the, or the cliques that you're in at work, that kind of thing, that you would consider right, being the God person of your group. Right to say, oh yeah, Cole, you go to church, don't you? Yeah, you're the God guy in our group, right? Yeah, yeah, Sue, I know, I know that you, you've mentioned Jesus before, right? Right, you know, be the God person in your circle, right? Just be known for following Jesus, right? You don't have to wear it on your head. Uh, you don't have to put a neon sign up. You don't have to be an ordained pastor. You don't have to have a degree in that. All you simply have to do is in conversation, just a couple of times, mention that you go to church or mention the word Jesus, that, that you talk about Jesus, right? And then people are just going to know, like, this is, you go to church, right? You know God, right? It does two important things. So when, when people know that we follow Christ or we go to church and they see us doing good things, they're going to know why we do that, right? There are a lot of people who do a lot of good things in the world, and, and some people do good things, and they don't mean to do it for God. They just... You know, that's God working in, in them before they even know who God is, right? But when we do good things, right, and people see that and they know that we follow God, that helps them know that, that God is real and that God is good, right? We're not doing it for our glory. We're not doing it to get a pat on the back, right? But we want people to know why we do what we do. It's important why we do what we do. So that, that's one thing. The other thing is, if that in, in their life they come to a crisis and, and, and they're, they're willing to open their selves that there might be a God for the very first time, or they simply have questions about God, or God's been doing something, stirring something up in their life and they want to talk about it, then if they know that you're the God person in your group, then they're going to come and talk to you about that. And you're going to have a chance to help them have their life transformed. You're going to have a chance to help them live life to the full. You're going to have a chance to be a part of something bigger than, than who you are. And, and, and that's exciting. It can be scary. What if I don't know the answers? Well, that's okay, right? Come talk to someone in the church. We can help you help them, right? Be the God person in your group, right? Just mention Jesus a few times. Mention that you go to church a few times. So when people see you do good things, they will give God credit. And then when they have questions in their lives or, or or opportunities where God's working in their hearts and they don't know it, you can help them see God in their lives and you can help transform them, right? Just like the teacher in our church, just like the, the ones who are taking the lunch over to the workers, right? We are God's hands and feet out in the world. And so be the God person in your circle. Be the God person in your group. 
So we've been doing this series, you know, talking about our purpose. We've been talking about we get to do things for God. And, and overall, that's, that's really what we're all about. We're about helping people connect to God. We're about helping people have their lives transformed. We're about helping people live life to the full because we have this good thing called Jesus. We get to do this, right? God wants to use us to help other people. Like That's an exciting thing. So uh, we've also been talking about a, a main way to do that, right? An application. Pastor Lindsay mentioned it earlier today. And, and so the application, you know, what I'd like to ask you to consider doing, uh, which we've done over these past few Sundays, uh, really comes down to one thing. And that is, right, to, be, to make a commitment to be generous for Jesus in your life. Right? To make a commitment to be generous for Jesus in your life, right? And, and, and specifically... To do three things, right? The first thing is to serve God here as a, as a part of our church, right? To help the ministries of the church happen, right? If you're a singer, sing for God. If you can teach our children in Explorers Ministries, teach our children. If you can help set up and take down our sanctuary, set it up, take it down. If you want to go out and do mission work in our community, do that, right? We all have gifts, and our gifts are called to build up the church. If we don't use our gifts to build up the church, then we're holding back the church that South Park Church could be. We're hindering our church from reaching our community as effectively as we can do that. Right? So, so do one thing for God in the church. If you're already serving God in the church, keep doing what you're doing. That's awesome. If you're new to our church and you want to try something, or if you're in our church and you're doing something else and you have the bandwidth to expand what you're doing, then we would ask that you consider uh, those things that are listed on the commitment card that, that you have today. Right? These are the, the, the key ministries that we feel have the greatest need right now heading into 2020. And so we invite you to look at those if you're looking for a place to plug into our church in 2020. Right? So, so serve God in the church in one way here at South Park Church. The second thing is what we've been talking about today. Serve God out in the world, right? Be Jesus out in the world, right? Be the God person in your group, in those moments of your lives, in your calling, in your career, right? Take the church, take Jesus outside of these walls and go and, and share God with others, right? So, so what I'm asking you to do is give your time to God. Inside the church, in at least one way, and outside the church in your everyday life, right? Our, our greatest two assets and, and resources are our time and our money. So that's the third thing, is that you would give to the ministries of the church in 2020, right? And to let us know what you feel God's calling you to do. Pastor Lindsay did an awesome job talking about this two weeks ago and talking about how God gave everything to us. And so when we get a chance to give back to God to support the ministries of the church and to say, God, thank you, right? You gave me 100%. It's the least that I can do is, is to give to you financially so that these ministries can happen and we can transform our community. Right? The Bible talks about sacrificial giving. The Bible talks about 10% because 10% for a lot of us is a sacrifice. For others of us, it's not a sacrifice, and, and maybe we can do more than that. But that's between you and God. Right? We don't know what you make. We're not going to ask what you make. Right? But we, what is it that God's calling you to do in 2020 with your time and with your money? Right? So later today, at the end of the service, you're going to have a chance to, to put that down on a commitment card and to turn that into God. This is the way that I feel led to be generous for Jesus, to commit to be generous for Jesus in 2020. So what purpose does God have for you? What do you get to do for God as we want to transform this community in the name of Christ? And I think we do that as individuals. I think we do it as families. We do it as small groups. And we do it as a whole community of faith, the whole church together. 
Earlier this year, I shared with you some of my experiences of going on a continuing education trip over to uh, the United Kingdom. I was in Scotland, I was in England, and we visited a lot of Methodist churches over there. We saw some cool things. We saw some history of where we came from and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I was there with a bunch of other United Methodist pastors from Western North Carolina, and we learned a lot, and we visited a lot of places. And and, and one set of things that we got to see was what's called fresh expressions. That's the way the church in, uh, in England is trying to reach people outside of the church. Uh, and one place that we got to see this was in a, a small British town. And um, the, the church there was a Methodist church. It had been dwindling in, in membership, and so they closed the church, which is a really sad thing. But they decided to relaunch uh, something in that space to try to reach the community and help the community and also lead them into a relationship with God. So there are a lot of uh, young families there, a lot of children. And so they, they renamed this church, the Ark. We've got a couple of pictures of the exterior and the interior. And, and they dedicated that church to children. So like in the old sanctuary, they turned into like a Monkey Joe's here in America to where kids could come and, and have, you know, birthday parties and stuff, uh, except Monkey Joe's had like a big cross in the middle of it, you know. And so families would come into the old church, they'd play, that there wasn't anything else in town to be able to do this. Uh, and when they came, the people who were working would suddenly, you know, fit God into the conversation. There's pictures of, you know, children and, and, and God or, you know, Jesus around the sanctuary. And from some of these families coming, they've decided to have their children baptized. I mean, it's just amazing. Like they've come to faith in Christ by coming to this child center. Uh, they also do like child uh, children's development stuff to where you can learn how to be a better parent. They do art classes for kids there. They have daycare for kids uh, whose parents are working during the day. So, there was a big need for something for the, the community's children, and so they converted the church to do that. In the midst of that, they try to bring Jesus to the people as they're coming in, what was once a church. Right? So that's an exciting way to see how this church is now serving their community. But it still saddens me that the church itself had closed down, that they, they don't do worship services there anymore, or any, you know, any kind of churchy things that really mean stuff to, to us and what we do. Even though it's become a beautiful thing, it, it, it's still sad that it's not a church. And that's what makes me so excited about what God's called us to do here through our new campus, that we took the seven acres that, that we were you know, formerly on, just the church, and, and we shared that with our community. So now there are going to be apartments and restaurants and shops and a hotel there. And so we're going to have a chance to reach all those people for Christ, right? To get to know our neighbors and go in those shops and go in those restaurants and meet the people in the apartments, meet the people in the hotel and, and you know, be genuine friends to them, right? So, so we're going to reach out. But at the same time, our church is still going to be the church, right? We're going to worship there. We're going to baptize there. We're going to, you know, say goodbye to loved ones who've gone to be with Jesus. We're going to teach our children and, and youth and adults what it means to follow Christ. And so it's kind of like a both and. We get to be the church and we get to share our space with the community. And so we'll be inside the church and we'll be working outside the church. And I'm just so proud to be your pastor. And that you caught that vision. I had a coffee uh, with a guy this week who is in charge of the For Charlotte movement here in Charlotte. That's a group that's trying to get all the, the thousands of churches that are in Mecklenburg County and the metro area of Charlotte to work together 
to come together and make uh, this a, a, a city for Jesus. Instead of you know, like working apart from each other in silos to do things together. They're the ones that sponsored that sermon series that we did on neighboring. Where over 100 churches participated and over 60,000 people in churches participated. Right? So I had coffee with that guy this week. He's the director of that, CEO, all that kind of stuff. It was awesome to hear his vision and their vision for the city of Charlotte of Christians coming together. And then he just, you know, talked about our project. He said, you know, Kyle, we're just so excited for what you're doing. You know, you have the best location probably in all of Charlotte and everyone's watching you and it's neat to see your vision. And, and we at For Charlotte believe that what you're doing can, can, be, can become a model for other churches in our city and our nation. And we just want to thank you for leading the way in that. It just That was so powerful to hear that affirmation that, that others see the same vision that we see and that we're making a difference for God in the church as well as outside the church, that we're taking God with us into the community. And so you know, we've got a picture here of, of our you know, schematic of what the church is going to be in the midst of all this. And again, I just want to say thank you for following the vision of serving God with your time and your money inside the church and outside the church. We have Jesus Wherever we go, right? We take the church with us wherever we go, and we're making a difference. And ultimately, we're just trying to be like Jesus, right? Jesus' mission was to come and save us because we've strayed far from God, right? We're creating God's image, but we still choose to do bad things. And so we know what it it feels like to feel guilt and shame. We're going to die one day. We're going to be eternally separated from God, right? A place called hell. You don't have to die to go to hell, right? There's people right now. We feel like we're living in hell because we have nothing but broken relationships in our lives. And Jesus said, "That's, that's not the way it's intended, right? And so Jesus left heaven and he came to the earth and he ministered to people in the local Jewish synagogues. That was their version of church. Right? He would go where the religious sites were, and he would teach and he would preach. Now, not many people listened to him, but he was there trying to do his best thing. But he didn't just stop there. Right? Wherever he went, he talked about God. Right? He would go out in fields. He'd go out on the, on the ocean and get in a boat and talk to people. And, and he healed people, and he, he cured people. He taught people. He ate, pe- ate dinner with people. Right? And, and he ate with, like, Popular people eat with people who were outcasts, right? So Jesus did it inside the church. He did it outside the church. He didn't have a lot of money. He didn't really need it, I don't think. But, but he gave everything of himself, right? He left heaven to come to the earth. And then he gave his life on a cross. He gave up his body. He gave up his blood so that you and I can be in a right relationship with God. So we can live life to the full on the earth. We can live forever in the kingdom of heaven, right? And so, you know, Jesus is like, I get to do this. I get to save my people, right? I get to teach them. I get to preach to them. I get to die for them. I get to come back to life. I get to set them free from guilt and shame and death and hell. I get to give them life and joy and peace and life to the full and life eternal, right? Jesus is like, I get to do this, right? And the cool thing is we get to be a part of that. We get to help other people find the love of God, to know that they matter, to know that they are important. Right? God has a purpose for all of us, big picture purpose, little picture purpose. Right? We get to do this. We get to be a part of something so much bigger than ourselves and change the lives of our friends and our family and our city and our community. We get to do this, brothers and sisters. So what we're going to do in just a minute, I'm going to invite Cole and the praise team to come back up and we're going to have a closing song. And while we're doing this, I just would invite you to, if you haven't had a chance yet, to fill out your, your, your commitment card for how are you going to serve God next year. 
right? How, how are you going to serve God with your time, with your money? Uh, and then I'm going to come back up at the end of the song. I'm going to have a prayer, and, and we're going to have a chance then to, to come, and, and, and we'll conclude our worship service with everyone leaving. Uh, and if you feel that at this time, to, to make your commitment, the ushers will be there with baskets, and, and you can do that. If you're new to our church and you need more time to think about that, that's okay. And you, know, you can bring those back next week, or we'll have them online available as well. Uh, but this is a powerful way for us to make a commitment to be like Jesus, right? to lay it all out, and to give back to God, right? I said last week how uh, my sons used to love to want to mow the grass with me, right? We get to do this with Dad, and now not so much unless there's money involved. And so this past Monday, we had the holiday weekend for Veterans Day. I took that off, and we're going to do some fun stuff with my family in the afternoon in the morning. I was trying to get some chores done, and one of those was to paint the garage, part of the garage. And I'm like, hey, boys, anybody want to paint the garage with me? I'm thinking, you know, crickets here. No one's going to say anything. My seven-year-old Nathan said, Dad, I'd love to do that. And my wife, Laura, walked up the stairs. She's like, what are you guys talking about? Nathan's like, I get to paint the garage with Daddy today. That's not going to last forever, right? But in the moment, it felt so good. But we get to make God feel like that whenever we, we serve God in the church, whenever we give God money, whenever we serve God out in our communities, right? We give God that same feeling of, wow, right? I love you, God. I want to spend time with you. I want to be a part of, of what you're doing. So I just would invite you to take that moment, pray about that. What is your response to Christ, right? Jesus is more than a weekend thing, right? How will we commit to serve him in 2020?